It has been five years since the Carolina Hurricanes ended their playoff drought. We will be diving into where that 2018-2019 playoff roster is in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Monday afternoon. Andrew and I, we had a very, very fun conversation diving into the 2018-2019 playoff roster because, like I said, this is five years now this coming season will be five years that they ended that playoff drought. So we looked at every player on that playoff roster and where they are now, whether they're still with the Hurricanes somewhere else or retired altogether. We had a lot of fun doing this. We'll be covering this over multiple episodes. So if you don't hear your favorite player in this first one, it will likely be either in part two or three. So without further ado, Here's where the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes are now. So it has been five years since the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes uh, made the return to the playoffs. And it's crazy to think about where this team is now as opposed to where they were then. And we're going to obviously look, you know, through, you know, the entirety of that roster from 2018, 2019. We are going to use the playoff roster uh, just because that was a little bit easier for us, of course. Uh, but I was doing a little bit of when we were researching for this, I looked at the current roster and there's seven guys remaining eight if you count Natchez, but you know, he was came up for a few games and went back down. Uh, so again, he's kind of in that bubble, but yeah, there's like hardly anyone remaining from there. Sebastian Ajo, uh, Jordan Martinuk, uh, Jordan Stahl, Andre Svechnikov, Tavo Teravine, and Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin. That's all that remains. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy reminder of just how fast things change in the realm of professional sports. You know, so many guys that played key roles in that team have moved on via free agency via trades via you know being replaced by young guys who took who came up guys like martin natchez and seth jarvis um so yeah it's uh that you know you've still got that little core you know that mm-hmm. aho slave install uh teravinen and pesci for now yeah. Uh, Svechnikov, but yeah, no, it, it is wild to see the way things change. Yeah, it really is, and it really just puts it into perspective a lot. Uh, like you said, just how things change in professional sports. I mean, you could go down so many rosters, you know, whether it be in the NHL, NFL, NBA, whatever, and just see like the turnover, you know, of 
of guys. And one thing, you know, with this before we dive into the roster, I do think that you know the guys that remain do really show who uh, the front office views as their core players. You know, the guys that are still here from that run again. We'll see what happens with the remainder of the offseason. We've obviously talked about Brett Pesci and Tabo Terabina a lot potentially being moved. We'll have to see on that. But yeah, this really does show who front office views as the core players for sure. Uh, but diving into the roster, Andrew was obviously, you know, lovely enough you know, when he did this uh, to break it up by position, centers, wingers, defensemen, goalies, of course, you know, rather than just, you know, forwards and whatnot. And we're going to start with the centers. We're going to start, of course, with the current Hurricanes captain, Jordan. So why don't you kick us off, Andrew? Yeah. So the interesting thing, I think, that, and we'll get to this with talking about a couple of the other centers that stepped up, too, that I think a lot of people forget that about that season is Jordan Stahl and like the middle and part of the second half, a big, even a big part of their stretch run to make the playoffs that year was out with some pretty severe concussion issues, which honestly makes it even more impressive that the hurricanes made the charge that they did in the second half of the season to make the playoffs with um, Jordan Stahl out so long, you know, their top two way center. Cause remember at that time, the, the Hurricanes didn't have the depth that they do now. There was no Vincent Trocek. There was no Jesperi Kokaniemi. Jordan Stahl was the number two center on that team. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he ends up coming back late in the regular season, is there for the playoffs. Finally, you know, at long last, after that draft day trade in 2012, about seven years later, finally gets to go to the playoffs with the Hurricanes. Scores a couple huge goals. Scored the game-tying goal in in the third period in Game 7 against Washington. A goal that, you know, set up a moment that we will talk about a little later. Scored the overtime winner in Game 1 against the Islanders. The second-round series, the Hurricanes ended up sweeping to go to the Eastern Conference Final. Five years later, he is still with the Canes. He became the captain the following season when Justin Williams didn't immediately resign. He just signed a new four-year deal that is pretty much going to ensure that he retires a hurricane. Yeah, Jordan saw, you know, what more can you say you know, about him? You know, he's given it all for this franchise, you know, over you know, his career here. You mentioned you know, that uh, game-tying uh, goal against Game 7 against Washington. I can't really see it, but I have the uh, Fanatics um, little commemorative uh, picture thing uh, from when they eliminated the um, Capitals uh, in that series. I have that you know behind me above the TV, and you know, that was crazy to think about and just where he's gone. And, you know, not this playoff, but then uh, in that COVID uh, shortened one when they played Nashville in the first round, he's no uh, he's no stranger to overtime winning goals. I remember That's being right, in the yeah. building for that double OT that. one against Nashville. And, yeah. you know, he he had to wait those seven years to finally get to the playoffs with the Hurricanes. And he's made the most of it every single chance he's gotten with the hurricanes we talk about it all the time of how he heats up in 
the uh, end of the regular season into the playoffs and really just gives it his all. And like you said, this uh, new four-year extension that he just signed pretty much ensures that he's going to retire a Carolina Hurricane. He's a future Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Famer. Whether or not his number gets retired straight up, we'll see. Uh, I think he probably stands a better chance at it than his brother Eric, but we will just yeah. have to wait and we'll just have to wait and see on that. But for sure, no doubt, a Hurricanes Hall of Famer as soon as he can get in. Pretty much, I think that's a that's a guarantee there. But you know, moving on, yeah, to Sebastian Ajo. This was his first year as the Hurricanes' number one center, his first year as a full-time center. Rod Burnmore obviously moved him over to center from the wing, and he has it has panned out great for him. And he was good beforehand, but the way he has blossomed uh, into becoming a top center in the league is absolutely fantastic. He had a career-high 53 assists uh, and 83 points this year. And like I said, he has uh, kept growing as number one center. And obviously, we've talked about it at length. He's just signed that eight-year extension. And like I said at the start of the episode, uh, when you look at the remaining guys, he's one of those guys. They clearly view him as a core player. You know, that's pretty obvious, of course. He's their face of the franchise and yeah he he has continued to grow and grow and grow and get better and better every year and you know he is what more can we say about him uh just how he has grown from 2018 2019 to now like it's absolutely crazy and you know you go back and watch him then Folks, our next partner is one we have talked about a lot here on the show, and that is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I try to drink it every day. Got it right here in my cup right now because, as we have said numerous times on this show, taking care of yourself is one of the most important things you can do. And AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit, science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health foundation first because without a strong foundation, you're not going to get very far. That's what the Hurricanes had in 2018 and 2019, and you saw where they got and where they are now. They have that strong foundation, so make sure you have a strong foundation just like our Carolina Hurricanes. And if a comprehensive nutrition yeah, and then you watch them now. It's just the Hurricanes got really lucky in in that draft when they got him in the second round. Such a steal. Well, and the other thing that you know that you you look back on, like I said, I remember now that it, it was his first year as a full time center. Mm-hmm. That shifting him from winger to center working was mm-hmm. a huge reason why the yeah. Hurricanes were finally ready to take that next step and make the playoffs. Because if you remember. You know, back in the mid to late 2010s, 
ever since Eric Stahl declined and was eventually traded. The Hurricanes simply did not have a number one center. Mm -hmm. And you you can't go far in the NHL without one of those. And Mm -hmm. Sebastian Ajo became exactly that. Yeah, and one thing I do think really helped him develop the way he has is his head coach, Rod Brynmore. He was a great center in his day. So the fact that you had him showing you the ropes and you know how to be successful in the NHL as a center, I think uh, you couldn't have put him in a better situation to learn how to become that number one center. It was absolutely fantastic for him. Uh, next up, we do have Lucas Walmark. Uh, that is a name we have not talked about in quite a while when it comes to the Hurricanes. Obviously, he was a fan favorite. In his time here, Uh, he had a solid season that year, played uh, passively well as the Hurricanes number two center while Jordan Stahl was out. He was a really big part of their stretch run uh, until Stahl came back. And then, of course, we all remember he was traded to Florida as part of that Vincent Trotrek. Vincent Trocheck trade. Good Lord, say that five times fast. And he wasn't qualified, uh, ended up signing with Chicago, traded back to Florida uh, in 2020, 2021. And he is currently uh, back in Sweden playing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think the thing that you do definitely have to remember with Lucas Walmark, um, you know, he, he wasn't a big time flashy scorer, but he, I mean, I remember at the start of that season too, especially, you know, Rod Brindamore sheltered Andre Svechnikov as a rookie. He played a lot with Svechnikov mm-hmm. that first year where that third line kind of was um, Svechnikov, Walmart, and Martinook. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, when Jordan Stahl was hurt down the stretch, I mean, offensively, the Teravine and Ajo Niederreiter line was pretty much carrying the Hurricanes, but Walmart stepped up. Played as that number two center on that second line next to Justin Williams. Uh, provided some of the two-way play that was missing with Jordan Stahl out for a lot of that stretch run. You know, I'm not sure the Hurricanes win enough games that they needed to to charge back and make the playoffs that year if Walmart isn't able to step up and play passably well in in the absence yeah. of Jordan Stahl. He you know, he doesn't end up having a very long NHL career, but he I mean, he's a mid-round pick. You know, you get a couple solid seasons out of him. I you know, I think he he was a fine hurricane and a, again a very underrated part of that run to make the playoffs in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, he he really was. And like I said, you know, he's a fan favorite, you know, in his time here and yeah, I, I know there have been you know, some folks that have talked about, oh, yeah, maybe they should try to bring him back. At this point, no, I don't think yeah. you know, that would work. Uh, I mean, of course, it would be cool to see him in a Hurricanes uniform again. I don't think anyone denied that. But, yeah, it, it's just not the move. Uh, yeah, and we'll see you know, if he ends up back in the NHL uh, in whenever it may be. But that's just something uh, that he will have to figure out. Uh, next up, we do have Patrick Brown. He was called up, uh, played eight playoff games. He moved on to the Flyers for two years, uh, played in Vegas last year, and now he is currently win- with the Boston Bruins. What do you remember about Patrick Brown, uh, Andrew? Uh, I mean, not a ton in terms of <laughs> at the NHL level. Yeah. 
you know, he just kind of came up a few times, bounced around, um, you know, could, could give you some solid bottom six, fourth line minutes in a pinch if you needed. Longtime member of the organization, though, he won the Calder Cup with the Wolves, I believe. Or no, 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 he, he did not. He was not with still the with them at the time. Yeah, he won the Calder Cup with the Checkers. That's right. Um, so, yeah, no, long, longtime member of the Hurricanes organization. I believe he got a ring with Vegas this last year, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good guy. But, I mean, you know, not a ton to talk about here. Did, didn't really play a huge role. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be the uh, case with these next few guys. So it'll be a bit of a rapid fire. So uh, start us off on this rapid fire one, Andrew. Yeah, you got Alexi Sorella. Played one game in the playoffs. He was a finished prospect the Hurricanes got from the Rangers as part of the Eric Stahl trade. Eventually used as part of the trade that sent Calvin DeHaan to the Blackhawks in the following offseason. They said played one game in the playoffs. Not much to talk about here. Uh, Clark Bishop sparingly played call-up fourth liner, uh, played a little bit, and went to Ottawa for two seasons after 2019-20 when he was still with the Hurricanes. He's currently in Calgary's system. And I will let you take this last one because it was another uh, fan favorite. Yes, absolute fan favorite. And that was Greg McKegg, Gregory McKegory, uh, bottom six forward, absolute fan favorite. Uh, and if you were on Twitter at the time, yeah, folks absolutely loved him. Uh, and he scored a few playoff goals. Uh, he ended up going to the Rangers and the Bruins and back to the Rangers. And now he's currently in the Edmonton system. Uh, wasn't he part of the Julian Gauthier trade or how did he end up in New York? I do not remember. He might. I think he just signed there as a free. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he was part of that trade because I know they went at the same time or roughly the same time. I couldn't remember if he was part of that trade or not. But yeah, total fan favorite. Folks loved him, uh, and yeah, obviously wishing him the best. What memories do you have with Greg McKegg? I remember. I think it was the game four against the Islanders because I remember that was a fun night for me. I would, um, that was like that playoff run was cool for me because it was my last semester at NC state. So when like I actually graduated during the Eastern conference final, but I remember the day of game four, me and a bunch of my friends had gone down. We'd rented a house at the outer banks. Mm-hmm. So we were watching that game that night. And I, I think it was either the third or f- like the hurricanes had just scored to go up three to one, I think. And then there was a puck just like sitting there in the crease and Greg McKegg just kind of swooped in and knocked it in and made it four to one you know, really started to put the game away. And that was when it was like, okay, like the sweep is happening. We're going to the Eastern Conference final. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really, really cool. And you know, now moving over to the wingers, we're going to start off with a guy we have talked about a lot this offseason. That is Tavo Teravine. And this was uh, his best season as a hurricane. He ended up running into some issue. Injury issues, of course, in 2021, and he has declined a, a little bit over the past couple years. But he, of course, is still been very, very good for the Hurricanes. Absolutely phenomenal playmaker. We talk about that all the time. Great two-way winger. And, of course, he is entering his last year of his contract. And, like I said, we've talked about 
him a lot in potential trade packages of uh, him getting moved, whether it be uh, for Elias Lindholm, Eric Carlson, whatever it may be. We have talked about that a lot. Uh, and yeah, he has really been arguably part of that core. Maybe not a, not one that is untouchable, not an untouchable member of the core like Sebastian Ajo, Jacob Slavin, or uh, Andre Svechnikov. But I would definitely still say, yeah, he is definitely, definitely part of it. Well, I think he was certainly like a solid part of that core coming out of that season and for mm-hmm. a couple of years. I think over the last year or two, he's kind of phased out of that core mm-hmm. a little bit, just as his play's fallen off a little bit, his production, um, some injuries have crept in. But I mean that that season, he was probably he was one of the Hurricanes' best players. I mean that was his best season with the Hurricanes. Again, we talk about the Hurricanes did not have the scoring depth that they do today in no. that season. I mean, you didn't know you know no Martin Natchez other than I think like you know the like eight games or nine games that you can play without burning in your ELC at the start of the year. Again, Jordan Stahl is your second line center. Andre Svechnikov was a rookie, produced but played a little bit sheltered. I mean, that Tavo, that Teravine and Aho pairing on the top line with some rotating wingers, uh, the most successful of which we will talk about in this group, mm-hmm. um, carried the Hurricanes offensively that season, yeah. especially in the regular season, especially down the stretch as they were pushing to make it into the playoffs. So no, I mean, a massive, massive part of this team. That you know, the Hurricanes do not start this new era of being a consistent playoff team without Tavo Teravinen. Yeah, absolutely. They are not where they are without him. Next up, we do have Andre Svechnikov, uh, one of the three untouchable guys on the Hurricanes, in my opinion. This was his rookie season, if you can believe it, uh, which makes us feel old to be completely honest uh and like you know, uh, andrew and myself have talked about you know rod definitely did shelter him a bit uh this year rookie season it's gonna happen uh but he definitely started to step it up into playoffs obviously everyone remembers when he decided to fight alex ovechkin got knocked out got the concussion everyone remembers that but of course you know, he has uh really grown past that uh for sure um, yeah, he's turned into elite, uh, power forward, power forward goal scorer. He just signed, uh, the eight year extension, uh, last fall. He is coming off a torn ACL. Um, so we'll see how things go this season for him. But, you know, he is, like I said, one of the untouchable members of the Hurricanes. I think, you know, the only way he gets moved out of the Hurricanes is if they're getting like Connor McDavid. Or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, franchise player for the Hurricanes. You knew that when they moved up in the draft to get him. And he has, again, just like I said, he's a core player. And you look at the playoffs uh, this past season, especially in that series against Florida, they could have used some fetch there. And, you know, he. He is a very, very, very vital part of this team. And this is where it all started. Yeah, well, I mean, another, you know, real stroke of luck that you talk about, you know, that 
gets the Hurricanes into this era that they're in today is winning that draft lottery in 2018 to get the number two pick and take Andres Svechnikov. I said, a little bit of a slow build for him as a rookie. Rod did shelter him. Uh, he actually started the playoffs with a bang. I remember he scored. I think he scored two goals in that very in that first game at, at in Washington because I was mm-hmm. actually there for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that is, like you said, you know, we've seen him grow and grow into that, you know, elite goal scoring power winger. Still want to see a little bit more consistency for him yeah. to maybe get to like you know a consistent forty goal scorer. Um, but like you said, this is where it all started. This is where he got that first taste of playoff hockey. He got his welcome to the NHL moment when Alex Ovechkin KO'd him in that fight at PNC Arena. But remember, that was early in Game 3. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes were down um, 2 nothing in the series. I think it's, you know, obviously would prefer Svechnikov not gotten concussed fighting Ovechkin, but... I think that really fired everybody up, kind of galvanized the Hurricanes, and they ended up – they blew Washington out of the water in that game three, one game four to even up the series. Obviously, we know after losing game five, they win game six and seven to move on. So I I think that was a big moment early in that series when the Hurricanes needed a little bit of a spark. Yeah, I I agree, and it sucks that it had to happen the way it did, of course. Uh, But, yeah, I definitely think that definitely gave them a spark, and – you know, while we're on Svech, uh, just the other day was the uh, anniversary of his first career hat trick, first career um, postseason hat trick as well oh, yeah. uh, that he in had the, in the in bubble, the bubble against the against, Rangers. Uh, yeah. the Rangers. Uh, that that anniversary just passed the other day, and so yeah, you can just see uh, how he is continuing to progress and progress and progress. He is really turned into a player that will put the team on his back. Like if things aren't going well. He'll put him on his back and go. I remember game up in Edmonton uh, this past season when he had a hat trick uh, and they still lost, uh, of course. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, yeah, he, he put the team on his back and did everything he possibly could to get them that win. And he's turned in again to that franchise player. And this is where it all started. All right, folks, we hope you really enjoyed part one of where the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes are. We had a lot of fun doing this. It was a fun trip down memory lane. Man, we it, it, it was more fun than we really even could have thought it would have been. And we definitely want to do more of this in the future look at past carolina hurricanes teams and like i said in the beginning of the episode if you didn't hear your favorite player's name in this make sure you go and listen to part two and part three when those come out because they will be in there folks so folks We will talk to you guys in the next episode. Make sure you are following the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes. Myself at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And Andrew at Schnitt 53 And we'll talk to you in the next episode. And as always, folks, let's go Canes.